to Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that really is getting to it now. Not a lot of episodes left. Getting pretty nervous here. <laughs> I'm Alex. When you walk through the darkness for as long as we have, you realize, some of us realize that the true fear is there are only a couple episodes left. But others of us realize the only real enemy we have out there is poetry, because (laughs) you can't have words that don't add up to sentences. It's too much. It's a threat to our masculine instincts. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Riverdale Season 7, Episode 18, Chapter 135, For a Better Tomorrow. Lots of stuff you need to know. Bye, bye, Frank. Bye, Frank is the new bye, Felicia, right? I think. Yeah, 100%. What a great send off for a character we've all loved for so long. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. Get out of here, Frank. Yeah. Bye. Uh, The most extended goodbye for any character on any television show ever. Anyway, just to give you a bit of recap before we actually get to that and the bulk of the episode, because lots of stuff is going down here. We're following a lot of different storylines. The main mystery storyline we're following or have been following over the course of the season is there is a villainous milkman who murdered Ethel Mugg's parents. Since then, she has come to live in the Cooper household. There's been a bit of mystery bubbling in the background about what the connection between Hal and Alice and Ethel was. We've had a lot of speculation about that and the milkman murders. We get answers to all of that stuff in this episode. And it ties into that storyline as well as the storyline of why Betty and Alice have been fighting the entire time. Turns out it's weird Riverdale reasons, not natural daughter-mom reasons. Mm. As we'll get into in a moment. Uh, additionally, moving over to the other side of this particular storyline, over in the Blossom household, Mayor Blossom, as well as Penelope Blossom, have been cracking down on the whole town for a while. Previously, Cheryl, along with Tony, said that they're going to bring the fight back to the Blossoms. They're done with them, done with the parents. Find out a lot of wild information about them this episode. Wild! Yeah. From previous seasons which I won't mention here in the recap for in the interest of not overloading everything, but I'm sure we'll get to it as we're talking about the individual storylines. Then we move over to Archie. Archie really wants to do poetry. Uncle Frank doesn't want him to do poetry. That's basically all you need to do. And uh, Mm. last but not least, cars exist. That's something you should know as well. Kevin and Clay are dating. Veronica and Jughead are dating. Weird. Big time. Uh, They're sitting right next to each other. Oh, my God. And, of course, Cheryl and Tony are dating as well. So those are the big things you need to know going into the episode. Pete, you've got a question already. What is up, y'all? Well, don't forget, part of the recap, you should say that uh, if you are in Riverdale, you're in black and white. But if you're about to leave, you uh, return to color. Big Pleasantville vibes going on this episode. But... Gorgeously shot, though. Gorgeously shot. The whole format here 
is it's not actually a Pleasantville thing. They're actually more leaning into instructional videos that they would show in schools back in the day, mostly about like nuclear terror. But there's also there's a driver's ed one. There's a horror movie that Jughead's in called I think it's The Incredible Melting Man or something like that. I should have written these down like I usually do. But I've got uh, the I believe The Mysterious Melting Man. Mm -hmm. Then we had Betty Cooper in Driver's Education, Archie in Shipping Out and Cheryl in Project Moloch. There you go. Oh, yeah, the other thing that I forgot to mention on the Jughead mystery front is he became the mentee of a guy named Brad Rayberry, who was a science fiction author who also wrote comics over at Pep Comics. Brad Rayberry was also murdered by the milkman, and in turn, in his apartment, Ethel murdered the milkman. That all starts mm. to come together in this episode. Now, lots of stuff going on here, lots of stuff to talk about in all of these storylines, and lots of theories that we were 100% incorrect about. Well, well I think, did, did you call Ethel? Right. Some, yeah, yes, I did call say. Ethel. You- you called the Ethel reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did the milkman the stuff. Way, I feel like I'll check on Instagram the other day. I did an Ethel reveal. It was not very well received. Yeah, it was. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> that you. Uh, it was uh, the cannonball exploded over your house, revealing mm-hmm. that you totally. were having an Ethel. How, how many eps do we have left? We've got two eps left after this. Here's Including what I want to talk about. One? No, this is the third to the last. Okay, episode. so there's okay. episode nineteen. Two more. Which is next week, and then the oh. series finale. Oh my god! There's so this much is, to this, cover. This news, this news segment is my favorite part of our recent episodes. <laughs> so much uh, to cover. Pete's like, wait, wait. How Here, are the episodes? <laughs> here's what I need to ask you guys as a general question first, and maybe this is better mm-hmm. saved for the end after we talk through the plot points. But I want to just get this out here. So. We did talk a little bit about what we thought the structure of these last couple of episodes was going to be, and I was surprised about some things, but I think what we got here was a close-up of all the mystery storylines. Yes. Next episode, we're going to get and a close-up of the plot storyline, like the memory storyline. And then the last episode is going to be that classic emotional wrap up of Riverdale. Get all the plot out of the way. The difference here this season is we're getting the two episodes before the end to get the plot out of the way instead of one episode. Yeah. Give it. Here's the big topic I wanted to talk about. Where does this mystery rank now that we've wrapped this up in Riverdale mysteries of season's path. And I'm not asking for like seven in a row or anything like that, but how do you think this tied up? How did you feel about the mystery on a whole? Well, I think it's in line with a lot of the, the the milkman, the milkman murders. Just, just, uh, sorry, I'll give a brief overview for anybody who was confused about what went on. And this is jumping through a bunch of different storylines, but the short version is that Clifford Blossom and Penelope Blossom are Russian spies. Specifically, I think, She was a Russian spy, corrupted Clifford Blossom. They were working for the Russians to create an atomic bomb, or rather a P-bomb powered by palladium. Uh, P-bomb! P-bomb! That's what they call you, Pete, right? P-bomb? P-bomb. They called you that in high school, right? Why did they call you P-bomb again, specifically? Um, I, I want to talk about the, the origin of the sex bunker that we got in this Oh, episode. okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, so they're building a P-bomb that's going to blow it up. Ultimately, Jughead and Cheryl teaming up reveal them. And what they also discover is that Clifford had been hiring the milkman, had a bunch of milkman uniforms in his closet for some weird reason. But He's the milkman, the milkman was basically his hitman. He was going out and killing people, specifically killed Brad Rayberry because he had worked – 
at or near the maple syrup factory and found out about the palladium, put it in a science fiction story, uh, and they killed him because of that. Ethel's parents they killed because they also got too close to finding out the truth. And then this, yes, uh, about the palladium. And then the mysterious melting man got burned and horrifically burned also by getting too close to this mystery. So that's that's the short version of it. That's the wrap up there. Uh, We do find out a couple of other details about a lot of other things. But, Justin, you were going to say. I was going to say it. This one felt it was in line with the actual mystery being much simpler than a lot of our speculation, which I think is is very much what Riverdale does. We always think wildly uh, about these mysteries and it ends up being sort of a little bit more over the plate. This, however, was sort of the most like, what? Wait, because it was like, (laughs) oh, it was the Blossoms. I was like, he had a room with uniforms in it. Why? That's a totally unnecessary thing. It's like an evidence room (laughs) where you get caught with the evidence. Didn't make sense. I I also thought it was funny that uh, Cheryl's like, look, I have this and it's just a milk jug. I'm like, Everybody has those. That's not evidence. That's the one thing that isn't evidence. And she carried a whole glass milk jug. And the implication was there were more in her bag all the way to school. Crazy. Yeah. And there were more. We saw that it was there was a six carrier of milk. Six pack. Thing. Six, pack. six pack, as it's called. Uh, just sitting there in the middle of this shrine to uh, the Blossom murders. So that that part was strange. I like the, the Russian spy stuff. It really, unlike seasons past, the mystery was really it fit into the episode specifically, as opposed to in the past, everything sort of felt like the, mm-hmm. the show molded around the mystery. And this, it was like, this feels like a science fiction story, like tie up, as opposed to a big, long, um, like grace note that brings it all together. What did you think about it, Pete? Yeah, I just felt like um, I'm glad that we knew, uh, you know, they kind of like dealt with the Milkman murders. And, yeah, you know, having Clifford Brossom, who is an evil you know, person behind it was great. I was just glad that Cheryl got into the walls. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, you got to you got to hit the big things here. Uh. We're wrapping up. Somebody's got to be in the walls. You got to have someone in the Blossom walls at least once a season. So I was happy for that. The discovering of the men's locker room that is a milkman uniform collection uh was Was that the same place where he kept his i don't think it was but that wasn't the same place he kept his wigs in season one right no that was in his bedroom that was upstairs yeah this is downstairs okay he got a lot of secret rooms built into thornhill (laughs) oh he got it yeah i also thought it was funny the idea that she's that penelope is straight up russian but I was like, yeah, I, because that sure. doesn't track with anything else in the series about like them all growing up in town together. Mm-hmm. And she so like that was like totally new information. Uh, the that stereotypical was Russian sitting around talking Russian while drinking vodka. I was like, wow. All right. Well, it, speaking Russian tastes better with vodka. Mm-hmm. You know, it's true. Really it makes, oh, it right, makes right. the vowels sharper. Here's yeah. let me throw something additional on this point out to you that I was thinking about it. I know there's been a lot of discussion about this since the episode has aired. In terms of pacing out the mystery, I agree with you, Justin. That a lot of it happened in this episode, and I will say. I had a blast watching this episode. I laughed out loud. Oh, yeah. so fast paced. It was great. Yeah. I had a really Fun. good time. But there's certainly a big part of me that wishes we had paced out this mystery a little bit more over the course of the season rather there's than. There's not enough time. There's not enough time. No, but they're like, okay, here's the thing. I appreciate the fact that they've 
spent the time working with the characters, building the characters, digging into the characters. We praised it multiple times over the course of the season that they have scenes that are really bulky scenes, spending time with these characters that we love and these actors we love to watch. But I wish rather than introducing the mystery in episode two and then maybe every three or four episodes being like, huh, a milk bottle. Huh, this guy died. And that was it. That we had gotten little pieces like this over the course Mm. of the season, like Cheryl finding the mining helmet and being like, huh, what's going on here? Them taking pictures of the mine and being like, okay, we got to get back to this later. Finding the milkman uniforms in there and not knowing what it means. Maybe the idea was they didn't want to let us get ahead of the mystery, even though I think in certain aspects we did, in certain aspects we didn't. But at the same time, I think it would have felt more cohesively to the fan base and more traditionally Riverdale if those little bits had been plugged in over the course of the Boo. previous 17 episodes. Boo. 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 Who likes mysteries what? on Riverdale? What are you doing? What do you want? A different show? No. No, I want Riverdale the same show. We want, yeah, this is a crazy point from you. This is a yeah. crazy point from you, Pete. Go ahead, say it, and then I'm going to point out why it's a crazy point. Uh, fine. Riverdale's insane. I want insanity. It's a thing that, like, I don't... It's... The fun of this roller coaster ride is you don't know what's going to happen next, and they ha- they've taken huge, wild, crazy swings. So mm-hmm. them doing something that is like no man, no. It's you, interesting you, because Alex is pitching like a classic Bughead story, and Pete, no, you're saying no, you don't throw want- Bughead. On that's this. why I'm saying it's that's crazy. You spent seventeen episodes. 17 episodes of the season being like, come on, when are we going to get back to the regular Riverdale? I suggest a, a change, a tweak to the season that would make it the regular Riverdale. And you're like, absolutely not. No way. Never. No how. Yeah. Uh, we got a Shughead uh, mystery here, and those are fast-paced and chaotic like Shughead is. <laughs> you know I'm talking about? We've we've gotten this pairing maybe once or twice over the course of the show, but very fun. Cheryl and Jughead yeah. together, two tastes that do not go together, but are very fun to watch together. I had a good yep. time. Uh, in response to your point, though, Alex, I think maybe there's two factors at play. In a final season, they had just had so much to do. So there was probably like, ah, we're going to, the mystery is going to just be in these episodes and we'll have, mm-hmm. we'll do all this other stuff that we want to do. So there's that. I also think the, uh, the WGA writer strike may have affected this as well, because I think maybe they, at the, at this point in the season, they were like, okay, you handle all this. You hand, mm-hmm. They just gave the episodes away and there's less of a room because I, I feel like, and I don't know this for sure, but they maybe had to scramble a little bit to make sure they got all of their writing done ahead of the, the deadline and when the strike actually happened. Well, I, I could see this. This is purely speculation, but based on what you're saying, we do know that Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa co-wrote the second to last episode and fully wrote as much as anyone fully wrote an entire script of a TV show, it's always a collaborative process, but fully wrote the last episode of the show. So given your point about them really just pushing to finish those scripts like the rest of Hollywood was doing, it's entirely possible that his energies were towards those last two episodes. And after they had blocked out the beats of this third to last episode, that's where they figured it out. So uh, I could see that happening. Very well makes sense. Uh, another thing I want to say is, did we know that Brad Rayberry worked at the Blossom Maple. No, factory. that was thrown. No, in that there. was new that information. Yeah, because <laughs> that was that makes me think they did a classic like Lost style 
process on this mystery where they were like, this mystery is cool. We'll solve it later. And then they got in there like, <laughs> let's have it be all this one thing rather than a bunch of different things. So, because they very tossed in like, oh, that's right. He worked at the Maple Factory. I was like, did I not remember that? Because that would have been a huge clue back then, mm-hmm. uh, I think. Instead, it was like or maybe sort it was of a little bit of I would also say, yes, I, I felt like there were so many other different directions that they were heading in and mind you, not speculation is speculation. Whatever it is, it is like this is not faulting it for not doing the way I thought things were going to go. But I was very surprised that Hal didn't connect to this at all. Like there seemed to be clear indications that there was a whole conspiracy. I think, Justin, the thing you've been pushing for with the youth revolts all season, mm-hmm. as of this episode, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Like, it seems like they they just sort of wrapped that up this episode, too, probably. Yeah, FBI um, just showed up for breakfast. and uh, see, Veronica, Veronica just knew an FBI agent. And I really thought, and I know I'm biased. Veronica it was everybody, Glenn, in, especially in this Glenn. episode. She knows Glenn. Glenn, uh, he was bringing his 1950s-style cat briefcase. And, uh, exactly, which was out. much larger and had <laughs> vacuum tubes. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben looks younger, weirdly, than he has in previous right? seasons. I was like, What's happening? It's know. almost like he's like, I don't know if this term resonates, but he's like a Benjamin Button. Is that anything <laughs> that you guys would know about no, not on this familiar, show? Not familiar. Uh, but, but no, I... I I feel like the youth role was so set up, even up to last episode, it felt like it was like, we're going to finally get these people. And in this episode, that part was gone. It was just like, well, well they, they were kicked- punished because of their own mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> like Cheryl and Betty were set up to turn on their parents. And then it was mm-hmm. just like, nope, they committed uh, moral and uh, actual crimes. So they are being punished by the law. So since we're talking about the Cheryl Jughead thing anyway, why don't we dive a little deeper into that storyline? Like I said, I love their team up here. There were so many classic Cheryl turns of phrase in here. I should have written this stuff down, but the thing where she says, uh, there's no love lost between me and my father, and I should know, I he given the chance he would sacrifice me to a pagan god he worships named Moloch. Classic Riverdale line there, throwing way too much information. Classic Cheryl line. And I love the fact that, like, the worshiping the pagan god called Moloch thing also did made no sense. Like, there was no Yeah, can we talk about that? They just, why the Moloch? Like, it had, it, it just, you threw that statue on the fire and that was it. Like, it seemed like such a random thing to throw in there. It well, was I think just it was. Like, hey, Cheryl, welcome to my office. I'm insane. And I worship <laughs> a little statue. And by the way, if you fuck with me, I could murder you and just blame it on my deity. You know, like, what kind of random shit? Well, was I that? think uh, I agree that was crazy. I think that was more of a genre play because this mm-hmm. episode was like, a, hey, if you were a black and white film in the 50s and 60s, we're going to do an homage to you. And that was setting up just the sort of weird uh, Cthulhuian sort of. I was well, just uh, like, am I not getting the Mullock reference? Is this something that I don't know? Like, uh, yeah, it was like, was this a thing in the 50s? Or? Maybe it's a specific reference. Everyone worshipped Mullock in the 50s. Oh, okay, Everybody. Yeah, Elvis, other people. Huge Moloch guy. That's the only person I can think of from the 1950s. That's what they called the baby boom is when everyone gave, got their babies and gave them a Moloch. Yeah, oh, right. <laughs> boom. <laughs> boom. And then he exploded them. The Moloch thing, I think, was also a chance to get back to that classic Cheryl gothic insane storyline one last time, which 
we haven't really gotten this season in a surprising way. Like, it's been a much more grounded storyline for Cheryl. So to have her father come out and be like, by the way, we worship this statue now. And also, we're secret Russian spies and our mind has a P-bob in it. Um, all of this stuff felt to me like, okay, all of those storylines, we always felt like, what is going on with Cheryl? That and, picture yeah, they were developing of Jughead next to the bomb was hysterical. That was good. That was cool. That was the story. Uh, so they were using like their undercover. They're using like flash photography. So I was like, "What? What? what the, Let me throw something out something at you, else? which I have a little bit of a total speculation theory about. But a, a bunch of people hit me up on Tumblr asking, "Why wasn't Tony in that storyline? Tony is a photographer. Why wasn't she taking the pictures?" Mm. My guess, Justin, you're our production person. My guess is production schedules, right? Like. Probably, though, I would argue, she, but day. it was weird. She was in the episode. Right. So, like, it's not like, because there is, you know, sometimes we don't see characters because it's like, well, you're not in this episode yeah. and it's a, a cost thing. Uh, but I, I guess, and that was, I don't know how, where they shoot the mine stuff is if it's in a different place or if right. it is like on, on the lot where they shoot the rest of it. I agree. It was weird. I think it was more they needed these characters. It felt like a yeah, more of a story felt, choice than mm, a Tony choice. It felt like they a, needed like Jughead to do something, and they needed they, Cheryl to do something, and it yeah. made sense to combine them. Because uh, all uh, the I other thing, to, I was sorry, saying, just real quick. All I meant about the production schedules is when we talked to um, one of the directors, he mm-hmm. was saying that they were shooting multiple things at the same time. I have to imagine right. they were doing that, so it's possible that Vanessa Morgan was off doing something else while they were shooting the scene. Potentially. Certainly that. Uh, I, but to don't me, though, you think it would be weird just to be like, and Tony's here to take pictures, and then that was it? You know no. what I mean? Like, no, she takes pictures. That's her job on the show. Right? I I hear you, but I'm just saying, like, it's an. You know, there, we have to spend time on Mullick and other insane here's, things. Here's so, what like, I think. What, when Tony Topaz isn't on screen, the rest of the rest of the characters should be asking, where's Tony Topaz? Okay. Right. I know that's what you're asking, Alex, mm-hmm. and your uh, Tumblr, your TT Tumblr folk. But <laughs> I, I think it, it was I, maybe let's just say Tony was off screen and she was photographing Cheryl with Jughead taking these pictures. Is oh, that yeah. satisfying? Oh, that that, yes, that does. That does. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, the one thing I want to say also is we didn't get a big uh, Clifford Blossom like villain end speech he's such a good villain in this season he was legitimately scary and we just get to see him arrested sort of quietly i was like no big final threat like he cheryl just opens the door is like hey fbi thanks for coming they're in the other room having breakfast i'm just gonna watch i was like give me a i wanted a turn so cheryl could twist the knife a little bit and Mm -hmm. like uh, one thing that was also a little weird to me about the storyline and this is just a little thing at the end but uh, after after they are arrested, everybody in Pops is reading the same newspaper about them being arrested. And Jughead's narration is like, well, the FBI got all of the credit, which was a bit of a bummer or whatever line he says. There's a picture of Jughead standing in front of the P-Pom on the front page of the newspaper. I feel like he got a little credit there, maybe. And what is, what credit does he want? Like he, his whole thing is just being like operating uh, vaguely in the shadows. It's not like he's trying he to get to ahead. Get paid in cheeseburgers, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's fair. I also yeah. want to just shout out um, Doctor Curdle is oh uh, yeah shows back up. Love that, and he does his classic move is com- of committing like a HIPAA violation by exposing <laughs> secrets about a dead body in exchange yeah. for a comic book or just a time with comics. Veronica or mm-hmm. something like. Would great, you do that? Great, you do that, Pete, send up. right? You do anything for a comic book. 
Well, if, yeah, if it's a good comic book. I liked how much Curl uh, enjoyed the comic. He was like, oh, this comic is worth it. I Yes, I will give you this information. Yeah. I appreciate you, how much he... Do you think we're done with Penelope and Clifford at this point? I can't quite tell. Like, I know we're done with Ethel. Ethel leaves because we're specifically oh, told. Yeah. She is the first person to leave. Other people are leaving. But I do wonder how much we're going to see the parents kind of saying goodbye or getting a more uh, particular goodbye next episode. I oh, bet we get be some sort of, of Alice. I bet we see Alice again, but mm-hmm. I think the rest of them are um, off the and board. Mary, I think uh, Mary will see again as it, well. That could be. Uh, I think that could be. Though, like, her, I mean, we can talk about the Archie story, which was maybe the weirdest one of the bunch here. Yeah, I'll tell uh, you what, the sound cut out for like 10 minutes during the Archie story, and I, I didn't miss much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> slam. Come on, yeah, dude. Uh, Frank is well, probably going to be in the next episode. He's still going to be at the front door, no. so like popping his head and being like, huh? Well, he said he's, I, they're like, Frank, you're no, out of here. Frank's dead. Frank's and he's dead. like, you're going to regret kicking me out of here. Your kid's obsessed with short words, words that aren't in sentences. And he's like, then they're like, all right, bye. And he's like, I can come for dinner. And they're like, of course. <laughs> yeah. I was like, bye. See you Sunday. What, what was what is this? That was, of all the things, including Moloch, the pagan god that they worship and potentially were going to sacrifice Julian and Cheryl to, Frank being told to get out of the house and then getting... I don't know. I want to say a 15 to 20 minute goodbye scene was the wildest thing that happened. The it was time. insane how long they were took. And then the shot of the, the different shots of like the, from the back, from the front, Archie holding, you know, <laughs> under his mom. And I was like waving goodbye to Frank. I was like, <laughs> Get this fucking asshole out of here already. And don't invite, we don't need extra time after you say goodbye to be like, we'll see you for Sunday. Well, yeah, you know, and also can we make plans in the future? It's like, fucking go. I do wonder, and again, I'm speculating wildly in this episode about behind-the-scenes stuff that I literally have no idea about, but Ted Sullivan, who was one of the writers of this episode, is friends with Ryan Robbins, who is the actor who plays Uncle Frank, so I wonder if there was a push of like, Mm. we're going to give you a really meaty, really emotional goodbye scene, which, mind you, Ryan Robbins, he's great. He's like totally hateable as Uncle Frank. He's channeling that. He's great. Very he's turning dragged. into an action figure. He's turning he into like, an action figure. So yoke this episode. It was wild. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's like, great. Hey, Bill Shakespeare over here. I was like, what the? Yeah. He. So uh, he's great, but he did not deserve as a character, not as an actor, but as a character, that level of a goodbye scene. Okay, well, and yes, I don't yeah. even mind. I don't even mind that much Frank time. I just want it to mean something to Archie. But it really didn't because it was just like writing poetry doesn't make me less of a man. And I'm like, Frank, stop talking about who's a man. You're going to go. He's going to go move in with Keller. You're going to fight about who's the man of your little apartment. And also, isn't Tom Keller sleeping in the police station? So it's just two grown men sleeping in the police station at this point. Is Clifford also going to sleep in the police station? They're going to play jail. Like a a buddy cop show would be fun to watch. Uh, Maybe it's a spinoff we're setting up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, I did appreciate Archie sicking his mom on Uncle Frank, where he, Archie just finally had enough and goes, you know what? I'm just going to fucking tell my mom and she's going to yeah, take care good, of it for me. Good Mary Andrews episode. I liked her yeah. being yeah. like, yo, I am a single mom who's taking care of this house. I can do this myself. Get out of here, Uncle Frank. So yeah. Yeah. Get the, uh, she truly was. I loved her, the power she took there. And just like, hey, man, 
we don't yeah. really know you that well. <laughs> you just showed up here. Get out. You think you're going to get cooked Sunday dinner cooking as good as this? Get the fuck out. Yeah, like, it was uh, it was nice to see uh, like her. And she did some – she would just shoot Archie a look, you know, and, and Archie would be like, oh, okay, all right. I'm stepping out of line. Just well, really let's, good. Let's speculate then. What does this mean for Archie going forward? He is now free to pursue poetry – is he going to uh, – part of this storyline also is that Kevin the and Clay decided to join the Merchant Marines, and Archie also wants to join the Merchant Marines. And so all three of them are going to join the Merchant Marines, and he's going to do poetry on the sea? Is that what's happening here? Uh, potentially. He explained um, I, it. He says you you got to get out. you got to live life. you uh, get some experiences, and then you come back home and then write about them. I think we have more to come for Archie because this – Archie felt like the least – the character who is least of the core four being set up for mm-hmm. a finale here. I mean, Veronica, perhaps close second, who is basically just Jughead's girlfriend and a no, FBI no, no. connect. I, I think Veronica is pretty clear at this she point. Also she also has, has connects in Hollywood. Exactly. She sets up Ethel. So Ethel yeah, is going she to does. be a, uh, uh, oh my God, storyboard, storyboard artist. artist. That's what I was yep. looking for. Great. Love that. Perfect ending for Ethel. Very happy with that. Veronica has those Hollywood connections. She's clearly going to become a Hollywood producer. Betty is clearly, I don't know. I I think we'll see with Betty, but like she's clearly flexing herself as a writer. Um, Jughead is going to be a comic book writer slash screenplay writer or something. It's crazy. They're all going to be writers and one producer. Archie is going to be a writer. Perfect. Uh, well, Do you that's remember the thing back always... in season one when we were like, "This is going to be three writers and a producer." That's the core four. <laughs> they're not. They're the ships aren't aren't uh, of a sexual nature or romantic nature. It's just the ship is them making a mm-hmm. movie together. Maybe. And so, just to check in modern terms, given that we support the WGA strike and the SAG strike, so we have three members of the WGA and one member of the AMPTP. Is that what's going on here? <laughs> I mean. That's that's Alex. That's fucked up. You think Veronica is she's with the studio? I think I think the last episode is going to be Archie, Betty and Jughead going on strike against Veronica. I think that's That's the talking old Betty's going to be like, and then the strike happened. (laughs) (laughs) While we're talking about Archie's almost, uh, uh, you know, like joining the army moment. His like reasoning for joining the Merchant Marines, being like, I do like tying knots, was hysterical. Very funny. The knots thing was funny because we haven't seen Archie just be good at something in a long time and have <laughs> yeah. him come in there and help tie that knot and then be like, I'm good at knots. And then the, yeah. the Merchant Marine guy come, recruiter comes in and he's like, he's like, can we f- screw around a lot? And he's like, no. <laughs> this is a very intense job. <laughs> this isn't a vacation. Uh, very funny. Yeah. That was great. Uh, also very instructional. Now I know how to tie that knot, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Sailor's yeah. knot, Alex. I'm sure you wrote it down. Uh, uh, yep. Let me just. I remember. Let me all the also steps. say. Don't ask me. One thing that um, <laughs> is important. I'm going to ask you at the end to just walk us through tying the knot. Yeah, uh, I want to know something that, about a rabbit through a hole. I'll figure out the rest. Yeah, I will say the way little rhyme Archie did was like, and you create the hole, the rabbit runs through the hole, then he runs around, then he runs through the hole a second time. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> Maybe you put some of that poetry to writing a new not limerick or whatever. Uh, but no, I, what I was going to say sort of more seriously is I do think the important takeaway from this is reestablishing Fred as the guiding light for Archie. Because mm. I think that is going to, we're going to see, we've seen a little bit of that throughout the season and the series, obviously. I think that we're going to revisit that again uh, before the end of the run. Yeah, definitely. That seems to be something that they've been hitting on pretty hard. So I expect it to see again. Uh, why don't we wait, jump wait, over? I just wanted, oh, yeah, go ahead. Why we're at this moment when they're all sitting at the table, I want to talk about Kevin real quick. When they were like sitting there, uh, you know, uh, uh, talking about the bomb dropping and then Kevin would, they were like, what are you going to eat? He's like, Betty, I'm in a refrigerator. You know, like, oh my God. Kevin uh, didn't have a lot okay. to do. The whole, but that the whole bomb scene was great. Well, sh- clear was shout out a, to Kicked It with a Crystal Skull or whatever the movie was called. Yeah, yeah. Jones yep. movie. And yes, Kevin's line about I'm in a refrigerator, legitimate barking laugh <laughs> yeah. out loud. Yeah, that was happened. just so funny. Mic drop, so funny. That was just a great comedy scene for everyone. Everyone got yeah. to have a joke. Like, um, first off, the language really gave me the Zoros. We get Juggykins here. Reggie yeah, being yeah, like, yeah. I'd go oh, to Del Creek, of course. Yeah, yeah, the, the reaction all the also to Juggy Kins when Veronica was like, of course I protect you, Juggy Kins, cutting to Cheryl being like, Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> very, very funny. funny. And Archie's whole plan to be like, I'm jumping my hot rod. I'm going to yeah. drive away from that atomic bomb. And do the coast. Like, yeah. Again, no, well, let's be clear. A huge opportunity to have Archie shoot a look to Betty, Veronica, anyone. And so he's like, I get my hot rod and grab my mom, and we would drive west. I was like, give us something here, guys. <laughs> give us a little nod. There's, Can we take a little take- side trip? And I know, Pete, you're not going to like this, but Barchi fans are pretty upset. I mean, all all sorts of fans are always upset about it. Yeah, what day. are you talking but, about? Hold on. I, I just want to talk about this because it came up, but how do you feel about this? We kind of, we hit the Halloween episode. Things seem to be going good, and they've barely related for seven-ish episodes at this point. How are you feeling, Justin? Yeah, not great. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if we could get a little, you know, some little crumbs, give us a little piece. Give us a little bit. That's what they're doing. They're messing with you. They're not addressing it all in this episode to make you lose your mind. And then they're going to hit us with it. But, But let me say, I do think they're saving it. They're trying yeah. to resolve this other stuff. Let's they know so. they know what you know where their relationship bread is relationship buttered, and it's in the ship. So, like, I think we're going to get that. That's what the last episode is about. And or we're gonna get we're gonna get Jabba's the next not episode. Going to do it. So because I, I still back my prediction of the Veronica okay. Jughead relationship is meant okay. to be in place so that when he sees Tabitha, that we get that. Yeah, no, I'm talking about Jabatha. Bughead is something. Sorry, I, I got to look up in my notes what Bughead. I for, I'm forgetting what that means. It's been a long time since that's been a thing. And I think we learned in this episode that Mugshead is the Bughead of this season. No, see, when he said like... Mugshead's the my... Bughead of this season. <laughs> no, no. Because <laughs> Mugshead. first off, that's hilarious. But uh, <laughs> I was so angry when Jughead goes to Ethel, you're my you know, crime fighting partner in crime. Yeah. My partner in crime. I was like, boo, that is not true. Historically, that is not true because in the future you have somebody that you fight crime with and it's a whole different level that you haven't I like even the, experienced yet. Pete, 
I like that you're like in, historically in the future. This, yeah. Oh, uh, this doesn't make sense. Sure. <laughs> the words I'm saying don't make sense. I do. Well, how, Pete, how did you feel about? And I mean this legitimately. How did you feel feel about this episode? We got Jughead involved uh, investigating a mystery and Betty investigating a mystery. Different mysteries. Yeah. yeah. But they were both investigating at the she same time. She used the pin. She used the bobby pin. She uh, used the bobby right. pin. She had the oh, ponytail back. Totally oh, random ponytail like that whip she did when she was like she said that burn about her parents like I don't even need you because I'm getting a driver's license and then like flipped her hair and like did a pow. I was like that was unbelievable Betty uh, level 11. It was really impressive. But um, yeah, it was heartbreaking because, you know, I, I was getting my heart broken all over the place in this episode. It was heartbreaking because your heart broke. Cool. Yep, yeah. but uh, I did like the Ethel and Ben. Uh, mm-hmm. That was Ethel. nice. Oh, are you talking about um, you talking about Ethjamin Mutton, the <laughs> yep. hottest couple? <laughs> That's exactly who I'm talking about. Ethjamin Mutton is Endgame. I he think was just like around. whatever you say, Ethel. And I, Jughead's I like, reaction was my reaction. When Jughead was like, "Huh?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody's like, "Oh, <laughs> sure, all right, great." Well, I also, they so they literally drive off into the sunset. Uh, great right. shot, beautifully shot stuff. The into color the transformation, color. very mm-hmm. cool. Why is no one like, "Hey, did you finish high school? Hey, did you finish high school? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just get out of here, is, you is and this, Benjamin Button." The, was it weird that the the sign coming into Riverdale is really huge, but when you leave, it's a really small sign? It's like, oh, you're, you're leaving. That's well, the objects in mirror, objects in mirror, but closer oh, than they uh, appear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to jump over to that then, because that's mainly Betty's storyline, the storyline is called Driver's Ed, and ostensibly it's about everybody learning how to drive cars, which very cute, adorable scenes over the course of the episode as they get bubbed that they're only going to do parallel parking, and then Miss Gr- Mrs. Grundy is teaching them, and they actually end up driving. Because she's adorable. just a teacher now. Don't think about anything else that's ever no, happened. Yeah, don't with think her. about just the past. Don't, the past never happened. The past is future, a, and the future is past, right, Pete? Exactly. Yeah. Historically, the future. Historically, Historically <laughs> the future is the past, and the past is the future. So all of that stuff adorable, but the main thrust of the storyline is that Betty finds out the truth about Ethel and Hal and Alice that they've been hiding all season. Hal had an affair with Mrs. Muggs. Ethel is his daughter. Meaning we've, I guess, erased Charles from this continuity. Charles doesn't exist anymore. Now Ethel is the illegitimate child. And the Coopers have been supporting the Mugs and supporting Ethel. They want to adopt her, but ultimately she decides, no, instead I'm going to go to Hollywood with Ben and become a storyboard artist. And that's how our story wraps up. Did anybody else think it was weird that Betty was like, oh, this is the reason you've been horrible to me my whole life. I, was like, I agree well, with you I don't because know I know if that really adds up. I it, they didn't quite nail it. I think I, I like the idea here. The idea yeah, that the idea was nice and it was very touching between the two of them. That yes, I think just to mention Mage and Amic, Lily Reinhardt doing a great job with the material. Great, Go definitely. Ahead. I just feel like they didn't the the idea that Alice wanted a perfect life and because of Hal's sort of sins, she couldn't have it. And so she took that out on Betty. That that's a hard angle to take. It's a sort of, sort of a tricky path. And I think just from a writing perspective, it didn't, we didn't quite get there so that they could play the emotion. Cause I think they, the actors were crushing the emotionality of it, but the logic of it, they didn't have time to really dive Mm -hmm. into it or get your teeth into it. So we just got a little bit of the cliff notes of that. I I like it as a story choice and all of it. It's just 
there was enough time to really yeah, bring it didn't, out. It didn't exactly work. And I think part of uh, what didn't work to me about it, we've seen so many wild emotional swings, wild emotional swings, excuse me, with Alice over the course of these seven seasons. It didn't work for me with Betty this season. Like, Betty this season is younger. She doesn't like her mom. She's fighting against her. I could see Betty of earlier seasons forgiving Alice in this way because she's been through it so much. And Alice was like, I joined a cult that was harvesting organs. Just forgive me because I shot this guy who was on a rocket. And Betty's like, sure, sounds fine. Let's just move on and get on to the next thing, whatever it is. Like, that works for me. But here, this Betty is a teenager, is like you've been pushing a lot, Justin, revolting against your parents. And for her to be like, I understand and I'm mature enough to get the feelings you're going through and we're fine now. It just it didn't track for me. Shouts to Alice Poor and Betty, a little whiskey to for their adult, very adult conversation. Though. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? That's 1950s, man. Yeah, that's how they Mad roll. Men. What do you think about the idea of Ethel being Hal's daughter? I mean, it, it feels it's like, sure, sure. I, it's not. It doesn't. That's sort of what I was saying a little bit before. It doesn't really pay off anything in a big way. I think it wraps up a little of what's been on the table this season, but it it doesn't have a big whoa factor to it. Mm-hmm. And it also it bumps me out a little bit. And, and again, this gets into the speculation thing, which doesn't actually say anything about the show, but just about my expectations. But that we don't get a how serial killer reveal. Yeah, that, that's what I wanted. That's what I like in the final season. I wanted him to be the milkman. Still two ups. Sure. But I wanted him to be the milkman working for Clifford. So you got the season one villain has hired the season two villain. And then maybe we work in um, Chick, the real hero of Riverdale. Yeah, truly, the, the Chickless season is, is problematic. Jellybean comes back. She's doing videotapes. Some would like say Chickless season, the smartest move they've made. Mm. Wow. Well, take take that home with you, I guess. Better than the <laughs> chiclet season, which the, that gum's too tiny. Uh, that, that is tiny gum. Speaking of gum, we get uh, one thing I want to bring up is when uh, Jughead asks Shale to play gumshoe. And then a couple scenes happen, and then we cut to her carrying on to a full candelabra <laughs> around the thumbnail. I was like, you think this is subtle? You look like uh, a Liberace mm-hmm. has wander- is wandering well, through was, the There were a lot crime. of callbacks to previous episodes. She needed the candelabra to see the draft, though. Yeah, that's I mean? like a classic season one thing with Cheryl walking with the candelabra. I think she says, you did a bad thing, daddy, which is something mm-hmm. that she also said in season one. So there's a lot of callbacks and shout outs and Easter eggs there, which I like quite a bit. What else in the also, episode? Also, it's very kind of Scooby-Doo. Yes, it is very Scooby-Doo. Yeah. What else in the uh, episode? Pete mentioned earlier about that we get the reveal of the sex bunker that um, mm-hmm. that Dilton's dad, right, had Dilton's it built because sex he bunker knows it's that later on they just just you know defile in change, all manners. Changes the whole game of the sex bunker. <laughs> I was it like, was it's a wholesome doily family sex bunker that Here's has been handed down from generations. Here's how much this show has broken my brain. When these things showed up in the episode, I was like, it's the sex bunker, as if it was a returning character. Same thing with the bobby pin in Betty's hair and palladium. 
And this, there was the point by the time they got to this next book, I was like, what is wrong with me? This show has broken me that I'm looking at inanimate objects and getting excited yeah. that they appear again. I think uh, at the after the final episode, we need to um, just take a look at what we've done. Well, that's uh, the thing. We're just as we need to look at ourselves. With our final episode of this podcast uh-huh. is us just really looking in the mirror. That's what we need I to think. do. We need to do a recap of the series finale, and then a week later, we'll do Riverdale After Dark: The Reckoning. Yeah, yeah. Right. that's a great idea. <laughs> we have I, it. I'm out. all for we, it. I'm all for it. Uh, Pete I, and I, I fist fight over Bughead yeah, just versus a, I just a detox or something. Yeah, you were saying like, oh my god, it's the sex bunker, and I, I was thinking like, why are we? Why does the sex bunker get a curtain call, and I can't get any fucking bughead love at all? Like you can't wait, man. We can't. Wait. We can't have like we gotta have the the sex bunker's gotta come out and get a, a round of applause. You know, Patience, like, I understand Pete, is what I'd say. Patience. Ugh. I, I would just say, like, I understand Athol uh, saying goodbye, but I don't need all this time on fucking Frank, and I don't need a, a, a sex bunker callback. I would I like us to land this plane <laughs> yeah. that uh, we've been flying for all these years. You know what I mean? Hey, like, I have bad news for stressful. you. I have bad news for you. You're on a plane that crashed two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been a ghost haunting this plane that the rest of us are on for all that time. <laughs> so we're going to land this plane. Buddy. <laughs> oh, Got bad news. All right. Uh, a couple things to yeah. hit. Uh, I love Jughead uh, and everybody watching them at the top of the yeah. episode. Yeah, oh, my God. His face when that. Yeah, that was funny. Very cool. The sick car setups they have in Grundy's all female driver's ed class, which I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, the whole section of everyone freaking out at the bomb going off, the high, the intensity acting that everyone was doing. Dilton's dad runs in. It's like, the bomb is going. It was very funny. <laughs> Kevin running around in the background was hilarious as well. That was Cheryl's dream, right? Cheryl's yeah. dream, yeah. Yeah, at the Cheryl's end of dream, yeah. Uh, Archie working out on the very first rowing machine that I guess he invented, which was like a string. I <laughs> was like, oh, it was strange. Uh, shouts to Reggie getting Frank's taken over Frank's bedroom. Big come up for Reggie, yeah, even though he's Reg. going yeah. to summer camp soon. And then, of course, you're in over your crown. And then in the midst yep. of Cheryl's parents being discovered as Russian spies, Cheryl's life changing. The people that she grew up going to jail. She's like, um, real quick, though, are you an item with Veronica? I really need to know this right now. So she's us, really. In the midst of yes. chaos, she's yes. still chasing the ships. One other quick shout out that I'll throw out there is the mysterious melting man at the beginning of the episode. That, to me, feels like the closest we're going to get to afterlife with Archie. Like, that seemed mm. like a, a scene straight out of that with zombie invasion. Yeah. I thought they were going to do more of it, but. That's fine. Happy to see it. Pete, anything else you want to call out before we move on here? Uh, I just think, like, really amazing of uh, Veronica to hook up Ethel's. I mean, she got her a job and a place to stay in Hollywood. I mean, holy crap, that's some amazing connections. I'm surprised no one else was like, Veronica, can you like hook me up with that? Because I'll leave right now. Yeah. <laughs> Do we? Let me just ask you this before we uh, move on. Are we the show, the kind of show that talks about the preview for next episode? I th- I think we should. That's kind know. of what I was going to get to in terms of agreed speculation for the next two episodes in particular. Pete, I know you don't like spoilers. 
This yep. is a promo that was put out by the CW. So if you don't want to know this, turn away. Uh, we don't know anything uh, further than the promo. Oh, Pete's taking off his headphones. So wow. I think the big thing that you probably want to talk about in the promo is there's a school assembly, right? That was the big thing. Yep. No, yeah, exactly. I love when no, people come I together. I think the thing that you probably want to talk about is the fact that Tabitha returns. It seems to be 50s Tabitha at first, but at least based on the promo, it's not purely 50s Tabitha. It's, not. it's Angel no. Tabitha. And the thing that you joked about, I want to say in season yep. two. <laughs> yeah, I, I was open. <laughs> finally happens where Jughead watches Riverdale. <laughs> Yeah. The, By the I way, said for anybody listening, only, Pete briefly put back on his headphones and then immediately took them off. Again. Took them off. He's like, I don't want to hear this. No, don't. We're not done yet, Pete. Uh, no, the, <laughs> it was a, definitely a joke that I was like, you know what? This is the only show I've ever watched where it would make sense if the characters at one point were like, wait a second, I just had to watch um, this episode of Riverdale right now and be like, cool, they can watch themselves. <laughs> and then that's literally what Jughead is doing in this preview. Hilarious. But then he has the line, I remember everything. I love that. Like legitimately, and this is crazy for a promo, I got choked up, like yeah. seeing him have that reaction there, knowing that we're going to get these characters potentially remembering everything. I'm a little nervous just based on previous promos. That's going to be the last scene of the episode. Like that's going to be the cliffhanger there. But here's the thing, though, from what we know about the final episode. Yeah, I, I don't think it tracks to do that. Yeah, I, don't I think, think so. The, I think that's going to be the beginning. And this because this episode has a ton to pay off. It's, it's paying off six seasons of information, technically. And what, what I think that the episode will end is what we've speculated, that they are going to be given the choice. To yeah. continue living the dream or waking up from the dream with the real information, and they Ro- will... old Red Bull Blue Blue Bill situation. What? Uh, yeah, I call it. I call it the the Midsummer oh, Night's red, Dream. Red Pill Blue Pill. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. That sounded like you said rubble bubble bubble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My mouth was Bill. working there. One thing I, I did want to. I did really love the moment where um, Ethel was like, uh, you know. Hold on, hold on. You had your headphones off for a full like two minutes and you just jump right back and pick up on something completely unrelated. That's right. Because I was looking over my notes and I wanted because I wanted to they see do the same thing awesome. on all things considered. One of the hosts never listens yeah. to everything and then jumps back in yeah. and talks about whatever he wants to talk about. So, so yeah, can we wrap this up actually? Just can we yeah, wrap up? I'm this trying discussion? to. No, the discussion that Justin and I were on. I don't care about that. That's over now. What I want to talk about. Uh, is it was hilarious that they were like, "Hey Ethel, we want to adopt you," and she was like, "Nah, nah, 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 nah." I'm like, I'm running away from this. Whole if you could be adopted by the Coopers, you'd say no, right? That's a bad idea. Of course, yeah, you're going to end up idea. dead or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The to get back to the Probo though, real quick. Yes, I, I think you're correct. Just based on the synopsis, we're going to get more of a choice there. We're going to get characters' memories coming back. I am uh, wholly not emotionally prepared for that just based on watching that promo. Um, but I'm very excited to see that episode. I mean, that's stuff that people have been asking for all seasons long. Oh, you're um, excited to I see think... one of the last two episodes of the show ever? Yes, I love well, this yeah, show. That, that brings up a question. Are you guys going to watch the last one or the one? I before? think just the second to last one, and then I'm going to stop. Well, yeah, wow. I've, I feel like I've, I'm top. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. good. I got it. Yeah, they saw, cool. they saw Ethel, the milkman murders, and yeah. so I'm good. Exactly. Yeah, I'm good. Exactly. <laughs> I Archie's, wonder how much I'm going to cry Could you imagine in the last if we stop this podcast? Two right, just so we agreed, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, hey, we've I'm all sorry, done I'm, almost 200 episodes. We're good. 
I've been here for like just finding out what happens with Frank, and I sort of got it. This episode, <laughs> so I feel good about it. Now, I do. I do want to tune in next week to see if he gets that chicken pot pie next Sunday. That's the my. Yeah, that's my main true. goal at this point. Yeah, Sundays with Frank. Yeah, Pete, you were saying though. Yeah, I, I, I was saying that I'm not emotionally prepared for it. I know you didn't want to talk about the promo, but there is a thing in the promo that like. Got me choked up watching it. I got sad about Ethel leaving. Like, she is a minor character, but she's been here since the first season. I thought it was a lovely send-off to a great actress. Amazing. Purser is awesome. Um, So so I thought that was really beautiful. So if they did that for Ethel Muggs, who is, like, just a recurring character, what is going to happen when we say goodbye to Archie, to Veronica, to Tony, to Cheryl? I'm going to bawl my eyes out, most likely. Oh, my God. Then we'll be there to capture it all. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we'll release video. We'll have a real uh, Ethel reveal, a Muggs reveal. What do we call it at the beginning of the show? I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm so emotional. I can't remember anything about this show or anything we say about it at any (laughs) time. What are we talking about? Grace and (laughs) Adam. All right. Why don't we finish up talking about the MVP of the episode? Pete, who is your MVP? Oh, man. It's tough. Um uh, you know, I want to say Ethel, but uh, seeing Betty uh, break out the bobby pin and do that power uh, ponytail swing, uh, you got to give it to Betty on this episode. Mm, nice. Would you say uh, most days, some days, or how would you describe he's, it? He's so far past. Yeah, Again, yeah. that crash, that went down with him in the plane two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't come back in the last episode, I'm legitimately going to be sad. Justin, what about yeah. you, MVP? Got to give it up to my guy, Jughead. Great app. Got to drive the ship a lot in this episode. And just, we didn't talk about some of just the great lines he had throughout. Yeah. Uh, This is a good Jughead episode. And I think that's what we're getting next episode as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little swerve here and give it up for Cheryl this episode. Oh yeah. my god! Gonna, you know you're like Pete. Oh, you do the Betty thing. You yeah. said Cheryl longer than Pete ever said. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna say Ethel. This was Ethel's final episode. I really have loved Shannon Purser on the show. She's yes. such just a bright light on screen from Stranger Things to Sienna Burgess, the movie that she did to Netflix to every time she shows up in Riverdale. It's just a delight to see. It is sad to see her go. It's lovely that she got such an amazing send off here. And I really look forward to what she's doing next. I know obviously we're in a SAG strike here, but whatever projects she does, she is definitely a person that I'm going to follow going forward and uh, somebody that I will see a TV show or movie because she's on because she's just great. So there you go. If you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Every Facebook Tuesday? and YouTube. Yeah, it's true. Facebook and YouTube. I don't know what I just said there. Check it out uh, and hang out. And we'll talk to you about Riverdale. Face Apple, Spotify, not Stitcher, because that is going away at the end of the month, just like Riverdale. Don't just subscribe like we there. Are. <laughs> just like we are. We're going to the Greylands is what's going to happen. Um, or the Sweet Hair After, I guess, more appropriate to the show. But if you mm. want to follow us in the meantime, at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, until two more times, we'll see you after dark. And just real quick, Alex, walk us through that knot that you said that you were yeah, yeah, So you take the There's rabbit, a bunny. you put the yeah. rabbit in the hole. The rabbit crawls down the hole, it eats some lettuce. Then you take the <laughs> lettuce and you crawl back up the hole. Then you get <laughs> Kevfalabaya. Okay, never mind. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like a documentary about a rabbit. <laughs>